You're listening to Season 4, Episode Number 9 of Strike the Match. In 2018, Dr. Stephen Rutt published two books on Roland Allen, looking at his life and his missiology. These two books are the definitive works on Allen and his views. Today, we discuss these two works. Dr. Stephen Rudd is my guest on this episode of Strike the Match. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Payne. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the things that I am extremely excited about today in this podcast episode, I know you guys probably get tired of hearing me say that I'm extremely excited, but I am, I promise. Each time I do this, I'm, I'm really, really delighted to, to have these conversations with, uh, with these folks. Uh, but today, one of the things that I'm extremely excited about is that this brother that we're speaking to has published two books that are of great passion, uh, or they, they are on a topic that is of a great passion of mine. And uh, for those of you that have kept up with uh, this podcast or any of my writings, you know that that is related to Roland Allen. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to uh, Reverend Dr. Stephen Richard Rutt, who has released, I believe, the two definitive works on Roland Allen to date, and these are books that need to be in your library. And so uh, we're going to talk about his book, Roland Allen, A Missionary Life. It's more biographical. And the other book, Roland Allen, A Theology of Mission uh, Towards a Missiology of Spirit and Order. Uh, We'll be talking about that today, looking more at Allen's uh, missiology. Uh, So Reverend Dr. Stephen Richard Rutt is an assistant professor of biblical studies at Arizona Christian University. You may remember him. He and I did a a couple of episodes on this uh, uh, podcast about a year and a half, two years ago, actually on the topic of Roland Allen uh, before his books uh, were published. Uh, Dr. Rutt is a priest in the Reformed Episcopal Church, uh, Anglican Church, North America, and is a visiting professor of missiology at the Reformed Episcopal Seminary in Pennsylvania. So, Brother Dr. Rutt, thank you for being with us today. Welcome to Strike the Match. Thank you for your invitation. So, you have been uh, deep in the world of Roland Allen for some time, have you not? Yes, I have. Tell us about your uh, your interest. Where did that come from? Well, uh, at the age of 18, I attended uh, Elam Bible Institute in upstate New York. And my first year, I was a uh, Everyone at the college there majors in Bible, and my minor was in missions. So my uh, first missions professor, uh, Paul Johansson, uh, had us read two of Roland Allen's works. One, uh, of course, uh, dealing with uh, missionary methods, St. Paul's or ours, and then uh, the collected works that uh, David Payton had put together. Uh, on dealing with the ministry of the Spirit. So uh, I read those. I was quite fascinated. It it actually shaped, informed and shaped my thinking on missions in terms of especially understanding the whole context of indigenous church planting. So that's at the the age of 18. So by the time uh, the age of 22, uh, my wife and I and our our first child, uh, we have four children, um, and have uh, 11 grandchildren also. But at that time, age of 22, it was just my 
firstborn daughter, we went um, to Ontario, Canada, and I was quite involved in working with an older minister there, uh, planting house churches uh, throughout Ontario. And I was quite busy. I was pretty much busy just about every day of the week uh, uh, facilitating these new congregations that were springing up within churches. And so I began to apply various things that I learned from Roland Allen's, uh, uh, his own missionary experiences and his own uh, missiology of spirit and order. And so uh, I began to apply that as um, in, in the, that context, in those house churches. And you know, as time went on, uh, some of those house churches uh, eventually, uh, you know, outgrew the house context and bought their own property and have their own buildings. And uh, so, um, three of those churches still exist today, which is quite quite good, um, and they're well established. Um, but each of those congregations also were able to uh, equip their internal leadership, the, the homegrown leadership from within, which is Roland Allen's, uh, his major understanding, so that each congregation would be fully equipped. So, so you went from, from reading about this in college to, in just a very short period of time, to actually applying much of Allen's missiology in a church planning context in North America. Yes, and uh, and then upon our return from uh, Canada, uh, our, our the church that we were part of in the Phoenix area sent us as missionaries to New Zealand to work with uh, a group of churches there. Actually, uh, a missionary uh, that was sent out from New Zealand had done a lot of church planting in Tonga and Fiji, and then anyway he went back to New Zealand with his family and planted a church, and then from that. There was a spontaneous expansion of other churches that developed out of that church. Wow. And, and when we moved there, and that's in my mid-20s, um, I'm learning a lot of things about ministry overseas. And from a, a very seasoned missionary church planter, uh, which I learned a whole lot from, that was Graham Cruikshank. And he, uh, then I come to find out he was a follower of Roland Allen's writings also. <laughs> so that was quite, uh, quite interesting. So uh, along your journey, you 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 were eating, breathing, sleeping this very early in the ministry. Now fast forward, you're you're now a professor. Uh, you're you're serving there in the uh, the Arizona area. Can you tell us a little about what what life and ministry looks like for you today? Extremely busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, but but thankfully you have time to do this podcast. Yes, Thank that's you. right. <laughs> well, currently, um, uh, I, I'm serving at a at a at a, a Christian college, Southwestern College, uh, which was Conservative Baptist College. Two of our four children uh, had their undergraduate degrees from there. And mm -hmm. uh, while I was doing my PhD work in England, my wife and I moved to England uh, between the years of 2009 to 2013. Uh, Southwestern College became a university, um, Arizona Christian University. It, it uh, became a liberal arts uh, focus with the core curriculum, getting back to cla a classical approach to education, and a very comprehensive approach to applying a biblical Christian worldview to every department, to every area of mm -hmm. life. And so uh, and our motto at the university is transforming culture with truth. So uh, upon uh, 
just in the last year of my PhD work, I was I received a full-time post at the university to be a professor, an assistant professor of biblical studies at the university. And so I took that. My supervisor in England said, take it. You know, we can mm. we can finish up everything by email. And so, yeah, we started in a 2013, and then uh, January of 2014, I, my wife and I flew back to England, and I defended my thesis on uh, the missionary ecclesiology of Roland Allen. So you you have done not only a noble work in in writing about Roland Allen, publishing about Roland Allen, but you published two books on Roland Allen in the same year. So... That that is a feat in and of itself. So here, so here's the question: Why write two books on Roland Allen? Well, I uh, I did something that no one else had done. In fact, I had. Did you get a vacation after you published these books? Because you really needed one, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I did go through uh, about a couple months of just having an afternoon nap every day, uh, and some of those naps were like an hour to two hours long, and, and then I and then. I was re- then I was refreshed, but yeah, I did need yeah. to take a little sabbatical <laughs> afterwards. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I my uh, methodology uh, for the PhD work uh, was uh, I, I looked at the area. I mean, I, I had been reading your stuff on Roland Allen for some time, and I really appreciated your work. And I and that's and of course uh, Roland Allen's grandson in Oxford, Hubert Allen. Uh, and one day he came up to me and he said, hey, do you, do you know who this J.D. Payne guy is? Well, he didn't say guy because he's British. So he, you know who this J.D. Right. Payne is? And I said, oh, yes, I've been reading his writings. I'm actually citing his uh, from his dissertation and from some of his writings uh, in my, my doctoral work. So that's kind of our connection. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but uh, it was the methodology... Um, I saw the need is for somebody to do extensive archival research on Roland Allen's unpublished works and on his sermons and on uh, reading letters between he and bishops and church leaders and mission societies. Uh, Most people that are familiar with Roland Allen are familiar with the two major works, uh, uh, Missionary Methods, St. Paul's or Ours and the spontaneous expansion of the church and the causes which hinder it. Um, but but that that's, just, now, of course, you read a lot more, but many people that are familiar with Alan only know those two works. And so what I, I, I went to, uh, at, at the time of my di- dissertation work, all of his, Roland Allen's archives that had been collected over the years were placed um, uh, at the Nelson Mandela African Study Center, which was housed in Rhodes House, Oxford. Uh, now, currently, uh, a couple of years ago, they moved all of his archives uh, to the Western Library, which is a part of the Bodleian Library, which is the second largest library in, in England. And it's just down the street from Rhodes House. Um, and so uh, what I did was um, talk, we, my wife and I did a visit uh, to England first, and then I looked at what was there in, in Allen's archives uh, and then saw, well, nobody's ever, nobody's ever, I haven't read anything of anybody quoting from his sermons uh, or even a lot of this correspondence. And then there's unpublished works in here. Uh, and so I talked to um, 
Professor Christopher Partridge at the University of Lancaster in Northwestern England. He would be willing to be my supervisor. He was familiar with Roland Allen, liked his works, uh, and said, I'm happy to work with you on this. And uh, so the rest is history. I delved in, and my wife became my research assistant. She received the uh, uh, library card and was approved to be my assistant to handle all the archives and to do research throughout England. Uh, But we just uh, went directly into all of these unpublished works of Roland Allen to extract certain things that might not necessarily be familiar, that people would be familiar with, including the, the latter years of his life in articles that he wrote while in Nairobi, Kenya, and also his ministry in Kenya. And, uh, and there's been arguments over the years that uh, Roland Allen seemed to come across as maybe uh, non-pastoral, and, uh, and you know, I found that not to be true, <laughs> because even after he resigned from his parish ministry in England, he he facilitated in churches uh, in England, uh, and then did a whole lot of leadership training uh, in Canada, South Africa, in India, and later in life when they moved to Nairobi, Kenya, his influence in Kenya was uh, quite substantial, uh, and and then uh, pastorally dealing with. Um, during World War II with Germans that were in internment camps there, uh, Alan would go there as a priest. His view was once a priest, always a priest. And he would he would engage with um, uh, Germans that were in this camp. And um, even to the point of uh, he and his wife taking one of the uh, children of one of these uh, Germans, they, they took this child into their home. Well, I remember... Years ago, when I first read uh, Hubert uh, Allen's biography on his grandfather Roland, which uh, until until your book came out is the only you know biography uh, book length biography, and I remember a footnote. I believe it's a footnote that I read in the book about I think he said seven boxes of unpublished documents uh, in uh, I think it's either the road road I think it's Rhodes House or so, one of the, one of the places there. And I just remember having this this huge desire to lay hands on those boxes and those documents. And as I have been looking through your book, when you get to the bibliography, you, you have gone in and you have you have documented all of those primary source materials uh, by date. You've listed them by boxes, by files, the letters, the names. Uh, you, you have established an exhaustive bibliography that is incredibly valuable for the future researcher. Yes, I did that intentionally for that purpose, uh, because in many ways, you and I are um, the current, um, we're setting the pace, right? We're setting, we're uh, blazing the trail, so to speak, for Roland Allen's influence into our 21st century. Uh, there are others that refer to Roland Allen, but you and I are the ones that, so far, that have taken this real seriously. Um, and that's why I commend you and all, all your you've done, because you actually, whether you knew it or not, you ins- you influenced me to pursue some things beyond um, what had been done. And so 
while um, there's there's yeah there's seven boxes in the Bob Dylan Library of Roland Allen's archives, and then there's another um, book which they consider it like the eighth box, so to speak, and and that. Uh, and getting in the midst of all that, I talked to the archivist, uh, Lucy McCann there, and I said, you know, I think I, I need to really put this in the bibliography, all this information, because there's so much here. And I mean, I was they had sermons of Alan that had been rolled up and tied with shoestrings um, <laughs> and or, or little pieces of string. And so that had been there for who knows how long. Uh, some of that's... Uh, uh, I think David Payton uh, collected a lot of things from the Allen family. And then, of course, Hubert Allen and, and his family put together as much as possible. But a lot of these things were just not ever looked at. And there's so much depth in just the sermons. And I don't even, in my bibliography, I don't even uh, unpack the specific things of how these sermons were done. I, I do engage with them throughout my books, two books, but... Um, I mean, my goodness, there's there's just so much there, and of course, and out of yeah. time, there's only so much you can do. But but my main goal was to uh, make it possible for other researchers to now uh, begin to look into this and to take it to this level. Absolutely, and you know, just just thumbing through thumbing through these two books, you you, you see in in ver- on various pages uh, uh, photos, pictures uh, of of uh, documents, uh, of, of primary source material, handwritten matters. Uh, so Dr. Rudd has done an amazing job in uh, not only going through all this, collecting this, but, but producing two books that deal with, I believe, one of the most influential, uh, it could possibly even be argued, one of the, um, or maybe the uh, influential uh, mission thinker, uh, in the 20th century, and that, that is Roland Allen. So, I mean, if you're not familiar with Allen, Allen died in 1947. And uh, while his his thoughts, uh, his missiology didn't re- catch on until just a, you know, shortly after his death, uh, the humorous story is that uh, he told his grandson that he wouldn't understand his writings for 10 years after he had passed away, but it's a little bit less than that. But Allen has had an enormous amount of influence on the way mission agencies, missionaries, are engaging in um, multiple, excuse me, the multiplication of disciples, leaders, and churches, and so church planting circles have been hugely influenced by Allen, not just in evangelical circles, but beyond evangelical circles as well. Uh, matters related to leadership development. Uh, Stephen, you know, mentioned that a little bit earlier uh, in the episode about his own experience. Uh, things related to the role of the Holy Spirit in missions. I mean, Allen was very influential in in kind of shifting the way of thinking as we ended our time with colonialism and uh, the, the pushing back against paternalism and things things of that nature. So so Dr. Rett, let's 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 talk for a moment about about Alan and and begin to think about some of the things that are that are found in these these two books on Alan's uh, life and then also on Alan's missiology. So for the person that has heard that phrase spontaneous expansion of the church, what 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 does that mean? Uh, Alan's belief was, if when a church is gathered together, and they're being nourished with the Word of God, they have this common creed, they have a vision, they understand who they are, then the church itself becomes a missionary society. And then, as the church is is nourished by its leadership, and as it's as it's fed uh, at the, at the Lord's table, then the church is nourished to go forth 
uh, as it says in John 6, I've given my life for the life of the world. This idea that we are now fed by the very life of Christ and in his word and sacrament, we then go out. And so for Alan, uh, it was always this spontaneous expansion that the church that meets together should always, the missionary that has planted that church, should be thinking of retirement right away. That once that church is established, he lays hands on those that are there, uh, or if a bishop is involved or a superintendent based on whatever denominational uh, leaning, that there's uh, an affirmation of that local leadership within that congregation. And then the missionary moves on and plants another church. Or in the context of this church, that minister missionary might be planting another church at the same time, slowly uh, moving away from that church as it's fully established, but that the church there should be fully equipped. But I know there, I know there are people that are listening that they're they're hearing this and they're saying, well, well, what's so what's so unique about this? This is yeah, this is the way that we do it. This is the way that it is supposed to be done. Uh, why is what Alan advocated something that was was quite controversial and, and innovative, if we could say innovative, for his day and time? Well, a hundred years ago, what, what is normal to us today that we see in the church growth movement and so on internationally, a uh, hundred years ago, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were pockets, areas uh, internationally where people understood that, but by and large, the majority of mission societies was was about planting mission stations and mm-hmm. then having a dependency on the organization from the foreigner that had sent them. And so they're developed, as you said earlier, the paternalistic approach under co- colonialism. And this, rather than mi- a mission emphasis, it became a maintenance uh, mm. scenario. And so Alan broke the ice in the sense of saying, well, you do need to have maintenance. You need to the ongoing growth of the church, but you sh- the church is always, the church itself is a mission society. So the mm-hmm. mission should, the church should always be missional in its approach, always thinking outside of its own borders in the sense of reaching others for Christ. And so, but he always believed that spirit with the movement of the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, spontaneously touch people's lives, and then the planting of the church, that order comes in with that. So mm-hmm. add pneumatology and ecclesiology together. But again, 100 years ago, there was much more of a dependency on the foreign missionaries rather than on indigenous leadership. And Alan, Alan said, this is not St. Paul's way that he planted churches. Mm-hmm. You use a phrase in uh, your books, uh, especially in the Theology of Mission book, called missionary ecclesiology. Uh, c- can you explain that? What, what, what does that mean? Yes. Uh, well, that the church is missional. I mean, that's one way to look at it. Um, secondarily, uh, it, it proposes this idea of a, uh, a spirit-empowered order designed uh, to accommodate uh, the the ministry of the Holy Spirit within the life of of a church, and that the leadership taking this, uh, and Alan would say he used this phrase, the direct internal impulse of the Spirit, as that is taking place within, and he that's a phrase he used in in the book that you edited, right, the Ministry of Expansion, the Priesthood mm-hmm. of the Laity, uh, that missionary ecclesiology 
it's it's the it's the awareness of of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and that uh, that the church order comes with it. Now, I guess maybe one way to unpack that is I I, I break down the missionary ecclesiology of Roland Allen in this way, and I'll uh, again I'll read from uh, my work here uh, that there were apostolic principles that were the central planks of this missionary ecclesiology. So what does that mean? What were those things? Well, first, uh, that his belief in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and that with that understanding that we are are not disconnected from the the church of all ages, uh, what the church has always believed everywhere and at all times, and then this emphasis of the scriptures, a basic creed, orders, and sacraments. He also put a lot of emphasis on apostolic evangelists called and sent to plant and equip indigenous churches. And he believed that these church planters were to organize, train, and retire from the young church plants as soon as possible. This is all a part of his missionary ecclesiology. Uh, Another point is these indigenous churches uh, were to be self-supporting, self-governing, self-propagating. Well, then from this self-supporting church context, it produces its own homegrown leadership from the inception. Mm-hmm. So he had, um, rather than what the mission societies were doing 100 years ago with this idea of devolution, uh, he, he didn't like this idea of slowly weaning away from the work, or in many cases, not not leaving at all, being replaced by other foreign missionaries. So Alan's view and his missionary ecclesiology was always to bring the church to a place of independence from outside support that can be mm-hmm. fully sustained from within. But this church could then be networked with other churches, but he was a, he had a strong emphasis on this independent approach. Along with that, uh, the, the ordination of indigenous voluntary clergy authorized to administer the sacraments frequently. And of course, he was an Anglican, and what he was up against within the Anglican communion was um, uh, for a group of people to come together as a church, if it's an Anglican church, you must have an ordained minister there to administer the sacraments. But if you don't have an ordained mm-hmm. minister there, then you, then the people don't have the sacraments. And Alan argued against that, and he, and he went back to the apostolic order. So in his missionary ecclesiology, he went back to the early church, he went back to Paul, uh, how did Paul plant churches, and how did he raise up leadership and ordain leadership? So, um, mm-hmm. and of course, he's uh, the interesting thing about Alan. When you read his uh, letters to bishops, he's <laughs> he got himself in a lot of trouble because he, was <laughs> always, he did have sort of that bulldog kind of spirit at times. He did, sure. and and so if if a bishop was just reluctant to to be missional, <laughs> he would he would try to fire him up. He, and his letters, he would always begin his letters with "My Lord Bishop." That was the uh, the uh, a way of protocol, the way to approach a bishop. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, you know, shortly after that, within that next paragraph, he's you know he's on their case, um, <laughs> and uh, and encouraging them to to nurture new leadership and to lay hands and to ordain leadership. Uh-huh. And of course, his he believed in apostolic succession. Um, as an ordered ministry, that's a part of the of the church historically. Um, but he also saw that there there needed to be some flexibility with with how that is is 
functioning. Stephen, you you know just just talking to you over over the the years, just some of the projects that we've worked on, just email and things of that nature. Uh, you you've had. I think a most fascinating journey with the publication of the, these two books. You, you've not only you've not only applied this uh, the, these teachings. You've not only read uh, from Alan, been influenced uh, you know, back in the day, but you you've been able to to go back and, and comb through all this primary source material. You've been able to spend time uh, with uh, members of of Alan's family, with with Hubert, uh, and engage with him and. Uh, with others in 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 Europe, what what has been the most enjoyable part of researching and writing these two books? Well, I have to say, uh, a dream come true. I mean, after reading Roland Allen, some of his writings uh, in my late teens, and then applying things and being able to have time uh, later in life to for my wife and I together, because my wife also uh, would read things along with me, and I'd give her little projects to work on and. Uh, and then we would compare. And so for a husband and wife, it was wonderful. It was just great with just the engagement as she's reading and I'm reading and we're, and then we're just analyzing things and then asking questions. And then we'd go back to Roland Allen, uh, Roland Allen's uh, grandson, uh, Hubert, and say, Hubert, I've come across this, or my wife came across this. And we, we've come to this conclusion. What do you think? And uh, sometimes you eat, Say well, I'm 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 I haven't looked down that road, that avenue, and then so I'm not sure how to answer you. I'm not a missiologist, but actually he's he's very reticent. He's he knows, and so and so so, but occasionally he'd get a little twinkle in his eye, and he'd say, "Well, let me tell you some things," and then he would tell us some really good inside information, things that his father told him, uh, or things that he. Uh, watched and observed about his grandfather in Africa because Hubert grew up in Africa also and and as a young boy um but many things conversations with his father and um especially when there were misrepresentations about Roland Allen uh Hubert said oh my father would get all and my aunt would get all upset and say they don't even understand him at all um Harry Boer B O E R uh, a very famous uh, reformed missionary uh, in Africa, um, actually, Hubert said, uh, "My father said, this this man, this reformed uh, missionary, understands my father, and this is John Allen speaking, understands my father better than anyone else." Uh, and so, uh, and so, then asking Hubert questions about that because I had come to those conclusions also, like, like Boer uh, really did, he grasped what was going on on the mission field as he's engaging with Alan's writings. So being able to talk to uh, Hubert Allen was, was wonderful. He didn't, you know, invite us over to his home a lot and, and uh, we'd sit and eat. And then he'd say, he'd say, Oh, by the way, or the next visit, Oh, by the way, I uh, came across this in a box in the attic and uh, you know, uh, you might be interested in this. And then s- some rich things from like when, when Alan was Roland Allen was ministering in China and and different letters, correspondence with people that I'm familiar familiar with that I've read their writings uh, in my Anglican studies, and uh, so it was always a pleasure to to be able to do that. So primarily working with Roland Allen's archives at uh, in, in in Oxford, and then engaging with Hubert Allen, uh, and and also he, he connected me with uh, 
people that were uh, that the Allen family uh, became connected with in Africa um, over the years, and and some of their family members live in England. So getting to connect like that was that was always fascinating. My, my guest today on, on Strike the Match has been uh, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Richard Rutt. We've been talking about uh, two books that he has recently published with the Letterworth Press, uh, one uh, called Roland Allen, A Missionary Life, obviously about Allen's biography, and the other one, Roland Allen, A Theology of Mission Towards a Missiology of, of Spirit and Order. Uh, again, I want to encourage you to to get a copy of, of these books. They, they are ground breaking. Uh, I believe that they are the definitive works on Allen, uh, both uh, from a bi- uh, the biographical uh, aspect as well as the theological and missiological aspect as well. And the, the bibliographies alone are, are worth, worth everything. They are just incredibly valuable for you future scholars. You need to, to check out these books and allow them to, to be your starting place. Uh, Dr. Rutt, uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, uh, I know you're at the university, is there a way that they can follow up with you if they've got some more questions for you? Sure. Uh, my email address would be the best way to get a hold of me, uh, Stephen. Dot rut so it's s t e v e n dot r u t t at arizona christian dot e d u so stephen dot rut at arizona christian dot e d u i know it's a very lengthy uh, email address but that's what it is fantastic you also on social media on facebook is that right yes Yes, you could connect with me that way. My wife actually oversees all of that. I'm rarely on it Facebook, but then she catches me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I understand. I know, I know I know what that what that is like. Well, brother, it's been been wonderful having you today, and I am again I am delighted that these two books uh, have now seen the light of day and are out there. And so so keep up the good work. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, JD. I appreciate it. God bless. You have been listening to Strike the Match with JD Day. You can find JD on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at JD underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.